Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stamps.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. In the new movie Strays, four talking dogs embark on an incredible journey, Homeward Bound style. Strays may have cute talking animals, but it's an R-rated comedy in which Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx dish out filthy jokes amid a story of bloody revenge. I'm Aisha Harris. And I'm Stephen Thompson. Today we are talking about Strays on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Be My Guest with Ina Garten, a podcast from Food Network. Intimate and captivating conversations with new and old friends. Jennifer Garner, Frank Bruni, Emily Mortimer, and more. Listen to Be My Guest wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the official Hacks podcast from Max. Join the creators and showrunners of Hacks as they discuss each episode and speak with the cast and crew about the making of the series. Listen to the official Hacks podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, helps you build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. Check out The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's just the two of us today. Strays is the live-action story of four dogs. There's Bug, a hard-bitten stray voiced by Jamie Foxx. Maggie, voiced by Isla Fisher, isn't a stray, but she got sidelined when her owner acquired a newer, cuter dog. Hunter, voiced by Randall Park, is a Great Dane who works as a therapy dog after flunking the police academy. And then there's our hero, our lead dog, if you will, Reggie. He's voiced by Will Ferrell. Reggie doesn't actually realize he's a stray at first. His owner, Doug, played by Will Forte, keeps trying to abandon him. Reggie thinks he's playing a game only to return home and restart the process where Doug tries to abandon him all over again. At first, the four dogs team up to help Reggie reunite with Doug, but along the way, Reggie comes to realize that Doug is a dirtbag and not such a good guy after all, which shifts Reggie's motivation from a reunion to revenge. <laughs> Strays was directed by Josh Greenbaum, who did Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, and written by Dan Peralt, who worked on Players and American Vandal. Strays is in theaters now. Aisha, I know you to be a discerning cinephile, and I know you to be a dog owner, so what did you think of Strays? 
This is cinema. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you are like me and have been to the movies in the past uh, few months, especially if you've gone to, like, say, a raunchy comedy, whether it's Joyride or um, mm-hmm. the No Hard Feelings, a Jennifer Lawrence movie, you probably saw a trailer for this film. Sure. And we're like, I kind of like these actors, but I don't know about this premise looks kind of silly. There's talking dogs. What is going on here? And in the trailer, they actually don't tout the Barb and Star or the American Vandal connections. They say, like, (laughs) from the humans who brought you 21 Jump Street. Okay. I remember really liking that movie when it came out. Sure. And the studio that brought you Ted. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I feel as though if they had led with Barb and Star and American Vandal, someone like myself would have been more all in than I was initially when I mm. watched the trailer. So when I saw the movie, I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of funny. Like, it's funny and it also is not just raunchy. Yes, there are so many jokes about private parts and humping Mm. and sexual things and also really, really gross out moments. It is as advertised, but it's also, I think, a little bit meatier and a little bit uh, more thoughtful than advertised. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I was, you know, charmed by this movie by the end of it. It's fun. And if you don't mind a lot of poop jokes... <laughs> a lot. A lot. Uh, <laughs> you, or if you like your poop jokes alongside, you know, some thoughtful commentary about dogs and also abusive relationships. Again, American Vandal had a whole thing about poop jokes, like all that stuff. So this is this is right in line. So I enjoyed it. But I'm curious how you felt about this, Stephen. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's really I think it's really important to set your expectations accordingly. You're walking to the theater to see a movie, an R-rated comedy about talking dogs. Yeah. It's not Oppenheimer. <laughs> it's like half as long. Yes. <laughs> that that's that's already a pro in my column. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, part of the experience of like reviewing or commenting on a movie like this is you you take it for what it is, right? We can kind of apply two different sets of judgments. Like is this a great talking dog movie? Is this a great movie? How does this compare to other talking dog movies or other raunchy comedies? How does it compare to Oppenheimer? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> on just about any scale, I really enjoyed it. It's, yeah. you know, your mileage may vary. How many poop jokes oh do you want? Goodness. How many humping jokes do you want? For me, the answer is about 900. This movie takes the over <laughs> on that. It, it probably exhausts its premise Wait, a wait, Stephen. I have to ask you. Yeah. Do you think when Fergie was crafting the masterpiece London Bridge several, you know, over a decade ago, <laughs> she imagined that that song would also soundtrack a moment where dogs collude to take a lot of poops in order to distract a prison guard. I like to think <laughs> that that is consistent with Founder's intent. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of what Fergie had yeah. in mind. The f- fact of the matter is, like, we can apply, like, our, you know, discerning critical faculties and be like, I don't know about poop jokes. I don't necessarily make quite this many poop jokes in a given day. But I'm sitting there like, I'm laughing. Yeah. And ultimately, like, you give yourself away. When you watch a movie like this, I might think I'm more critically discerning <laughs> than I am when I'm sitting there snickering at at some of these things or just simple just deployment of F-bombs. Yeah. There's a, kind of a running gag when th- these animals like encounter other animals. They'll sometimes like subtitle the nonverbal <laughs> looks like there's a scene where like dogs are walking through an alley and they see a couple of stray cats. They like glare at the stray cats 
and the subtitle is just basically just an f bomb. Yeah. And like a day later, I was still laughing it's, about it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, and and so like I can sit here and be like, I don't know that that uh, that's pretty lowbrow. But I'm sitting there like guffawing. Yeah. And so to me, like I recommend it as a communal experience. Mm-hmm. I recommend it like if you're gonna see it in the theater, see it with your buddies. If you're gonna see it at home, see it with your buddies. It is fun, and I think among other things, this kind of movie with this kind of comedy talent working on it is going to be about as punched up as a script can be. Like you have opportunities to drop a thousand jokes into this because you can just go back and add them. I think they leaned into that idea and really throw a lot of jokes at you. Yeah. May I suggest, though, maybe not taking your kids to this movie? Uh, (laughs) Well, my kids are 22 and 19. Well, okay. So at my screening, there is a family of maybe four or five, and two of the people looked like they were, you know, under the age of 10 Mm -hmm. with their parents. There is a moment in the film where uh, Hunter, who's voiced by Randall Park, all the dogs are playing in the sprinklers. They just drank a lot of booze. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. they're playing in the sprinklers. And there's a running gag that Hunter and Maggie have a crush on each other openly. And they also talk about how well endowed Hunter is. And there's Mm -hmm. a moment where he's, there's a slow motion where he's shaking off like a dog does. And the close-up of his private's and that is when the family of four or five decided they'd finally had enough. This was like 20 minutes into the film after there had been multiple, you know, the Will Forte character pleasuring himself moments. Like, what is your what is your threshold here? Also, did you not watch the trailer for this film? It's clearly not for kids. So I would suggest not bringing your kids to it. But, you know, I do think that this is a movie that is so geared toward dog owners. You already mentioned, Stephen, I am a dog owner, proud dog owner of two lovely pups uh, who sometimes get on my nerves, but I love them. Mm-hmm. And it was really, so many of the jokes are... <laughs> All these little great gags about dogs. Like, there's a moment where they're all trying to take, like, they decide they're going to rest for the night. They spend, like, two minutes running, like, walking in circles. Like, (laughs) I got to find the right spot. I got to find it. And that's what dogs do. They, like, walk in circles and you're like, what are they doing? How, (laughs) like, oh, is it just right for you? Nope, not just, not right yet. Oh. Now you can sit down. Like, those little jokes are just, like, meant for dog. Oh, also, like, how owners are picking up their dog's poop. Yeah. Bug is convinced that there's a conspiracy and that they are using the poop to make chocolate. Like, those little... (laughs) It's just... Those little things, I think, are so geared towards people like myself that I think... You know, if you can withstand all of the vulgar stuff. Uh, and when you think about it, look, we love our dogs, but dogs are also gross. I think that this movie really leans into that yeah. in ways that you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, my dog does that, too. And it's just it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's made with an extraordinary amount of affection for dogs. Yeah, it is clearly made by people who either have dogs or have spent a lot of time studying dogs. As you say, the little things like the circling in order to sit down. There's also just a willingness to go to extremes. And sometimes that means extremely vulgar. Sometimes that means more (laughs) sexual than you think they're going to go. And sometimes it just means, like, when you talk about the dogs get drunk and then there's a bunch of resulting behavior, I'm sitting there thinking, like, which example is it? Is it when they got drunk or when they got high? (laughs) You know? And there is a certain amount of, like, the example when they went really extreme with the sex stuff. Which time? (laughs) Was it the couch? (laughs) So, so like, 
there is a lot of like doubling and tripling down. Uh, yeah. You start to get a sense where you can <laughs> predict some of the outcomes based on like, what is the grossest thing that could happen in this moment? What is the most horrifying thing that could happen yeah, in this yeah. moment? Oh, that's what's about to happen. But man, I laughed. And I do think this movie does try to shoehorn in a few larger lessons about toxic and abusive relationships and what can seem like affection to one person and like how talking to your friends about your relationships you can learn that some behavior is not okay if you do happen to be to be misguided enough to bring small children to this movie you can bring lessons out of it yeah i i think that was for me what made this just a little bit smarter than your average gross out movie is that they do layer in this idea Mm -hmm. that I think is super relatable to so many of us about thinking that we've made all the wrong choices. It's our fault that this relationship is working out or it's my fault that they're acting this way. And when, you know, when his friends, his new friends would tell him like, dude, that's abuse. And then like Reggie kind of has to come to that epiphany, even in dog form. And when you think about the relationship that dogs have to humans and humans have to dogs, it's like, it is a very symbiotic relationship, but it can also, dogs are they are at our mercy, more or less, you know? And I think that putting that very relatable human relationship in the context of a human and dog relationship is kind of smart. And I don't know. I mean, it's not, look, it's not, you know, gonna break the mold or it's, you know, (laughs) it it, it might not convince your friend who's probably in a bad relationship, like, oh, maybe I need to rethink this. Like, I don't think it's that deep. Stray's changed my life. (laughs) Stray's changed my life. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think it it just makes it a little bit smarter. And again, when you're talking about the DNA that's in this, whether it is mm-hmm. Barb and Star or American Vandal, like there's always like a, that fine line between the vulgar and the silly and then the more thoughtful stuff. And I think this movie does a pretty good job of walking that line, um, at least for me. But I think it's worth noting when we talk about the DNA of the film, I don't care that it's from the studio that brought you Ted. No, But it is, <laughs> like, Lord and Miller are, are among the producers. And, and Again, another thing you would think they would lead with. <laughs> right. I mean, they mentioned 21 Jump Street, which Lord sure. and Miller you know, worked on, but, yeah, yeah. but one of their trademarks is taking things that you think will only kind of reach a certain degree of difficulty and make them better and harder and more interesting. Like, they're very good at exceeding wrongly low expectations. I do think this film, like, I don't want to overrate or overstate the the greatness of this film. This film is exactly what it is. It's a gross-out movie about dogs. Yeah. But man... It was a really fun night at the movies. Yeah. And it's not IP, hopefully. I hope they don't do a sequel. Oh, it is uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I look, I think this has been a pretty good summer for original raunchy R-rated comedies. Yeah. And I think this is like a kind of a really nice, lighthearted way to cap off the summer, personally. <laughs> I agree completely. I have one last question for you, Aisha. Okay. Do you have two dogs? Yes. Their names are? Liz Lemon and mm-hmm. Lucille Two. And Lucille Two. Uh, <laughs> Arrested Development. <laughs> everyone everyone, thanks you for that. Whomst would voice them Ooh. in a movie about their lives? Oh, okay. I've thought about this before, obviously. (laughs) So I think Lucy is kind of like super chill, but also very talkative when she wants to be. But she also just has this like moody kind of quality to her. So I feel like Aubrey Plaza would probably voice Lucy. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for Liz Lemon, 
I kind of think that Funny enough, I actually think Jane Krakowski would would probably voice Lemon. So, because well, Lemon's super hyper and also very like me, me, me. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also the possibility, of course, Stephen, that they could make Strays too, and then it's about the cats. It focuses on the cats ah. instead. So, I know you have cats. I do have cats. I uh, I'm a, I'm nervous around dogs. I had a paper route. For three years, and I never, I've never taken to to being around dogs all the time. So I'm a cat guy. Fair. Uh, who would play the cats? Um, let's see. Milu is a sweet little gray cat with kind of a grumpy cat face. Uh, she's she's sleek and smart. I'm gonna give her Phoebe Waller Bridge. Ooh. Bashi is a like ginger that. oaf. Um, uh, with a sweet wry streak. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him Seth Rogen. He's in. I'm so shocked that Seth Rogen is not in this. Uh, I know because he's in everything like this. I know you would think he would have had like a small cameo yeah. voice. Maybe he did, and we just didn't notice it. But I feel like I would have noticed. His voice is very distinct. It's very distinct, and he's in everything. Yeah. So I'm gonna give Bashi to Seth Rogen. He's our. He's our. Our big orange king. All right, coming back for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we want to know what you think about Strays. Find us at facebook.com. PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Aisha Harris, thank you for being here. Thank you, Stephen. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fathima and edited by Mike Katzif. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy and Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, We are also reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, There is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.